your home for uncensored news and underground music since 2011. All right, let's dive into it, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into the topic of today. We already ranted a little bit about the celebrity drama being nonsense and irrelevant and dangerous, but let's talk about one issue that they are distracting you from. Again, I don't want to say this is the only issue that matters or anything like that, but I do think it is something that we need to um, we need to be aware of. So let me go ahead and open this up real quick. And uh, as I said earlier, the article is titled... While you were distracted by Will Smith, the international elite met at the World Government Summit. Did you know this, guys? I didn't know anything about this. I didn't even really, never even heard of this dang thing until somebody tagged me on Twitter. Thank you to whoever tagged me on Twitter and showed me this because it is an important story. So as I said, this is not published yet. It will be published uh, in the next day or so. I'll just read a little bit and we'll get into it. I don't want to read the whole article to you because I don't want to give away what I've written. Guests included Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and Kristalina Georgieva of the International Monetary Fund. Those are some important people. While much of the mainstream world has spent the last few days obsessing over and debating the celebrity spectacle surrounding American actor Will Smith slapping American comedian Chris Rock, the international elite were meeting in Dubai for the 2022 World Government Summit. And we're going to go through some of this. What this article does is show you a little bit about what they were discussing. So from March 28th to the 30th, corporate media journalists, including CNN, Wall Street Journal, Time Magazine, lots of those CIA propaganda magazines, heads of state and CEOs of some of the most profitable companies in the world met for discussions on shaping the direction of the next decade and beyond. Anyone with a functioning brain should ignore the tabloids and instead pay attention to this little known gathering of globalist technocrats. So let's take a look at the speakers and the panels, starting with Mr. Great Reset himself, Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum. Now, Klaus gave a talk titled Our World Today, While Government, Why Government Must Act Now. And in fact, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and play this real quick. I'm going to play this clip, guys. And if you don't mind letting me know if it's a. Uh, if you can hear this, we're going to go ahead and start this, because before we go further, I think it's worth hearing Klaus Schwab in his own words. It's only three or four minutes long. So let me know if you can hear this and uh, I'll be right back. Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to participate for the eighth time at this important meeting, even if only in a virtual way. I would like to express my high respect to His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum for having taken the initiative for creating such an important global platform for governments shaping the future. I also want to congratulate Dubai for having organized such a successful World Expo despite all the repercussions of the global pandemic. Last November, in partnership with His Excellency Mohammed Al Gargawi, we brought together 60 top intellectual thinkers here in Dubai. Thank you to His Excellency for enabling this initiative to define a longer term narrative to make the world more resilient, more inclusive, and more sustainable. With all the current issues on our agenda, 
we tend to forget that we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, which accelerates global change in much more comprehensive and faster ways than the previous three revolutions. I'm proud that the government of Dubai has been so foresighted in establishing a center for the fourth industrial revolution in cooperation with the World Economic Forum. The objective is to quickly recognize the potential of new technologies, as well as develop the necessary ethical and political frameworks around those new technologies to ensure that those technologies are human-centered and society-oriented. The world has to overcome not only the damage done to our economies and our societies by COVID-19, it also has to confront the repercussions of a dangerous clash between major global powers. History is truly at a turning point. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems and supply chains will be deeply affected. In times of crisis, the role of governments is more important and more relevant than ever. What is also needed is a summit like this one to go beyond crisis management and to look into constructive ways we can build our common future. Our futures are intrinsically connected to one another as the profound challenges to mankind, such as climate change, are globally interconnected and require collaborative responses. In conclusion, and despite all the challenges, we have to uphold our responsibility which we have towards the next generation and which we can only fulfill through collaboration on a national and on a global level. I wish you an impactful and successful meeting. All right. <clears throat> so you guys heard it there yourself. That was Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, major proponent of the Great Reset Initiative agenda, speaking at the World Government Summit 2022. And again, I know that most people probably never even heard of this. Um, I had to do some research. And as we're going over here now, this turned into a 2000 word article that digs into it. Um, but I want to just quote a couple of things he said there. So he said, first, thank you to His Excellency for enabling this initiative to define a longer term narrative to make the world more resilient, more inclusive, and more sustainable. And now, some of you know right now, I'm touring across Mexico, and I did a tour across the U.S. last uh, fall. And I'm doing talks basically warning people about the Great Reset and through about Agenda 2030 and trying to get them to see through some of these agendas. Unfortunately, I know that there will be a lot of people who are on KPFT or listen to KPFT who trust the United Nations and who trust the World Economic Forum and believe the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals are a good thing. And, you know, these are well-intentioned people. I've met a lot of these people who consider themselves awake, but they still believe the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals are a good thing. They don't recognize how this is all about giving total control over to technocrats, right? 
So that's the first thing I kind of want to mention, because I know when people hear this, they're like, well, what, what are you upset about, Derek? He just said he wants a world that's more resilient, more inclusive, more sustainable, more diverse, more equitable. I mean, what else could you ask for? Right. But the point is that when you study what these people are really about and you truly understand their agendas, then you know that you can't trust the way they use these words. The World Economic Forum and, uh, and others have also recently got in the habit of using words like decentralization. They want to talk about blockchain and a digital currency, but they don't truly mean decentralization. They're not they don't value privacy. So, I mean, I guess I'm calling them liars. And I think that's the truth is when you really study their words, it's not Derek Bros. This is in their own words. And you look at the actual nature of what they're describing. It is a top down technocratic society that is being micromanaged by the elite. And for the last two years, we've been told, trust the experts, trust the science. That is technocracy put into a phrase. Technocracy is social engineering by using technology. It is ruled by the experts, ruled by the scientific elite. That is what we've been witnessing sort of coming into the fold recently. And that is the, the goal of these people. And during this World Government Summit, there was even references. They, several people said, we're in the middle of the decade of action, or as they've called it, the decade of transformation. It's 2022. Their agenda is 2030. So just remember that. But I wanted to make that point for those of you who hear the words like inclusive, resilient, diverse, etc., and might be tempted to believe them on face value. And I want to encourage you to not do that, to know that these people, they are forked tongue, forked tongue fascists that hide their true meaning. So though that sentence that he just said there, remember, it, it, thank you to the, His Excellency for enabling this initiative to define a longer term narrative to make the world more resilient, et cetera, et cetera to define a longer term narrative. And as I wrote here, the use of the term narrative is important because in January, 2021, Klaus and the World Economic Forum announced the next phase of the Great Reset, what they call the Great Narrative. And as with the Great Narrative event, the World Government Summit is also held in Dubai. And what I wrote then was, quote, while the political leaders of the United Arab Emirates and Klaus Schwab may promote themselves as the heroes of our time, we should judge them according to their actions and the company they keep, not the flowery language they use to distract us. The simple fact is that the United Arab Emirates has a horrible record on human rights. The nation is known for deporting those who renounce Islam, limited press freedoms, and enforcing elements of Sharia law. Now, the young new leaders of the world, the United UAE claim that they're, you know, the, the younger generation and they're all about equity. And in fact, this whole conference, the World Government Summit, the entire first day was pretty much dedicated to women. Like, how are women going to help develop the sustainable development goals? How can women help bring about the fourth industrial revolution? How can women help promote technocracy? I mean, it was, of course, that's what they mean when they say diverse and equitable and just. It's like, okay, we want equality. That means we'll have, instead of just a man being the fascist technocrat, we'll have women too. It's, it's equality, right? You know, and maybe we'll even have a, a trans person of color in that position. But at the end of the day, guys, if there's a boot stomping on your face and imprisoning you, you're not going to care if that's a woman wearing the boot, a man wearing the boot, a trans person wearing the boot, or what have you. It's still going to be the boot of tyranny. Now, Klaus also mentioned the fourth industrial revolution a forced industrial revolution, the way he likes to say it, which is essentially the digital panopticon of the future. This is where digital surveillance is omnipresent and humanity uses digital technology to alter our lives. And this is often associated with terms like the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, the Internet of Humans, the Internet of Senses. This world will be powered by 5G and 6G technology. And of course, for 
Klaus Schwab and other globalists, the fourth industrial revolution also lends itself towards central planning and top-down control. The goal of this society is track and trace where all transactions are logged. Every person is a digital ID that can be tracked and social malcontents. That means those of us who are quote unquote antisocial or don't go with the program are locked out of society via social credit scores. And again, I know a lot of this is, is familiar to some of you, but let's start to get deeper because my main reason for writing this article is again to say, hey, this whole week, while people have been told to talk about Chris Rock and Will Smith, some of the most elite globalists in mind who are literally trying to create a world government and erase national sovereignty and individual sovereignty are meeting in the United Arab Emirates all this week to discuss our future. And none of you voted on them. None of you told them to do this for you. They're just deciding that that's what they're going to do. Now, let's continue a little bit. Immediately following Schwab was a panel which made no attempt to hide the goals of the globalists. The panel, which was literally called, Are We Ready for a New World Order? I'm not making that up. That is literally what they called. Are we ready for a new world order? Featured Fred Kemp. He's a president and the CEO of the Atlantic Council since 2007. And he used to be an anchor for CNN. Uh, or actually, they actually, on this panel, they had Fred Kemp, the CEO of Atlantic Council. They also had an anchor for CNN. And they also had uh, a former advisor uh, to former President George W. Bush. So again, these are not just no-name people that are appearing here. It's not like, okay, just a bunch of random people getting together to talk. These are powerful, influential people who've been in politics, been in media, been in corporations, and in the nonprofit sector and the NGO sector. sector. So Fred Kemp, CEO of the Atlantic Council. Before he joined the council, he was a prize-winning editor and reporter at the Wall Street Journal for more than 25 years, which to me, going back to propaganda, it illustrates the intersection that you have here, guys. You have the intersection between government, corporations, NGOs, and media. And these people come together. They hang out. They rub elbows. They, they hang out in the same circles. They don't give a dang about us. They care about their own goals. So when they come together, you better believe that it matters. This isn't just rich people getting together to talk and, oh, who cares? Let's, you know, it's irrelevant. No, Will Smith is irrelevant. Chris Rock is irrelevant. This is what really matters. So the Atlantic Council actually had a fairly large presence at the World Government Summit. There was at least one, two, three different, four different people from the Atlantic Council. And if you're unfamiliar with the Atlantic Council, well, let me take you back to this article I wrote in May 2018. Yep. For those of you who've been around that long, maybe some of you read this article when I wrote it. Back in May 2018, Facebook announced that they were going to partner with the Atlantic Council. The Atlantic Council is a think tank which is connected to NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or if you prefer, the North Atlantic Terrorist Organization, and the Military Industrial Complex. And the reason this matters is because at the Atlantic Council and NATO are extremely important right now in relation to this alleged Russia-Ukraine conflict, that whole situation that we're being, you know, like bombarded with every day. So this is what I wrote about the Atlantic Council in 2018 that will give you a little bit of background to understand. Again, these are not just nobodies. These are powerful people meeting together to literally talk about what is the title of the panel again? Are we ready for a new world order? Okay. So the guy sitting on that panel was Fred Kemp, CEO of the Atlantic Council. And the Atlantic Council of the United States was established in 1961 to bolster support for international relations. Although they are not officially connected to NATO, the Atlantic Council has spent decades promoting causes and issues which are beneficial to NATO member states. In addition, the Atlantic Council is a member of the Atlantic Treaty Organization, an umbrella organization which, quote, acts as a network facilitator in the Euro-Atlantic and beyond. The Atlantic, 
the Atlantic Treaty Organization works similarly to the Atlantic Council, bringing together political leaders, academics, military officials, journalists, and diplomats to promote values that are favorable to the NATO member states. Officially, the ATA is independent of NATO, but the line between the two is razor thin. And here's a little more detail. Essentially, the Atlantic Council is a think tank which can offer companies or nation states access to military officials, politicians, journalists, diplomats, etc., to help them develop a plan to implement their strategy or their vision. These strategies often involve getting NATO governments or industry insiders to make decisions that they might not have made without a visit from the Atlantic Council team. This allows individuals or nations to push forth their ideas under the cover of hiring what appears to be a public relations agency, but is what is actually selling access to high-profile people who have power and have the ability to affect public policy. So everybody from George H.W. Bush to Bill Clinton to Zbigniew Brzezinski have attended at or uh, attended or spoken at the Atlantic Council events. So that was back in May 2018 when I was writing that, guys. And I don't know if any of you have been around long enough, if any of you remember this, but May 2018, shortly after that, was the purge in October 2018 when over 500 Facebook pages, YouTube accounts, and Twitter accounts were deleted. This is when the censorship was really beginning. Uh, a couple months before that, summer 2018, Alex Jones was the first person to really start being you know, banned on places. But by October, this is also as we're hearing more and more about the Russian propaganda, nearly every single outlet I write for, Activist Post, Met Press News, Corbett Report, um, The Mind Unleashed, and many others, and friends and associates were all labeled Russian disinformation. And then on October 18th, we were deleted. We were just completely deleted across the internet. Uh, we were labeled Russian disinformation. And these pages were mainly anti-war pages, police accountability pages, and indie journalism outlets. These pages and journalists directly challenged the narrative spun by these Atlantic Council stooges. So I don't think that that's any kind of mistake, guys, that Facebook in May 2018 partners with the Atlantic Council. Less than six months later, the Atlantic Council and Facebook and their partnership to fight disinformation, delete 500 pages, some of the biggest pages at the time, Collective Evolution, the Mind, uh, not the Mind Unleashed, but the Free Thought Project, the Anti-Media, so many others. We had millions and millions of followers. I, I don't know if you could really fathom this, guys, if you just woke up the last two years, but four, five, six, seven years ago, we were reaching millions and millions of people through Facebook. And I still think we are reaching a lot of people, but we have to try harder. At that time, guys, we could make a, a, vi a video or a meme go viral like that. And then they started messing with the algorithms. Then they started blacklisting us and all this stuff. So I just, I'm, I'm kind of telling you the story because I want you to understand the importance of who the Atlantic Council is. They are directly connected to the NATO, uh, you know, NATO class. And the CEO of their group is meeting this week at a world government summit on a panel called, are we ready for a new world order? I mean, I don't know how, how else, how more clear to make this about what's happening here. So while many of the names in attendance might be unfamiliar to a Western audience, the speakers are men and women who absolutely play a vital role in international geopolitics. Remember, we're talking about the world government summit. This is apparently the third year they've had this. This is a big year. They're doing it. Here are some of the people involved and some of the panels are involved. Antonio Gutierrez, who I actually interviewed years ago, uh, randomly, I can't even remember where this was at, this is in Houston, I think, Secretary General of the United Nations, giving a talk titled, Is Our World Today, Our World of Tomorrow? We have Dr. Tedros from the, direct, the Director General of the World Health Organization speaking. You have David Pekoski, who's the head of the US Transportation Security Administration, the T TSA, not sure why he's there. You have Dr. Caitlin Sadler, 
who is an American immunologist and bioengineer who works at the US NIH, National Institutes of Health, along with Fauci. She gave a presentation, listen to this, called Reengineering Immunity with Next Generation Technologies. And uh, I think she's part of the class of people who think that humans are just here to be hacked and you know, we can solve all our problems by hacking the human animal. We also have uh, His Holiness Sheikh Sabah al-Saba, the Prime Minister of Kuwait. You have John Hay Chow, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm sure I mispronounced that, who's the Minister of the Interior and Safety of Government for Korea. You have the Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Energy of Secretariat of the Prime Minister of Thailand. I definitely cannot pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try. You have Miss Belinda Baluku, who is a Minister of Infrastructure in the Republic of Albania. So again, these are not like the, the governments you're usually hearing of, but these are powerful governments, Thailand, Albania, Kuwait, uh, Korea, and the head of the World Health Organization. You also had Mohamed Sanuzi Barkindo, who is the Secretary General of OPEC, the oil producing nations speaking about oil and gas in a net zero world. Of course, net zero is part of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, bringing carbon down to zero. And the Russian-Ukraine conflict was also part of the discussions. This is where it gets interesting as well. You had this man named Maxim Timchenko, who is the CEO of DTEK. His bio states that, quote, under his leadership, DTEK has evolved from a regional conventional energy company into Ukraine's largest private investor, as well as a leading energy company. So this is a big player in the energy sector in Ukraine. And obviously with everything going on in Ukraine, we shouldn't ignore that fact. Now I wrote, the appearance of Mr. Timchenko should not be overlooked, especially because he appears in a discussion called Post-Crisis Ukraine, New Energy for a New Europe, which coincidentally also features two more people from the Atlantic Council, which I just discussed. The Atlantic Council, of course, is representing the NATO Western nations. So you got, a dude who's heavily involved in the energy sector in Ukraine, and you got two representatives of the Atlantic Council who represents the NATO governments discussing a post-crisis Ukraine. No, they're not planning to rearrange the world in their own uh, image and in their own design, right? They're just discussing issues that are irrelevant, right? This is no, there's no reason to pay attention to this. Again, the presence of the Atlantic Council should not be taken lightly. They are the representatives of the Western Bloc of the New World Order. And I honestly, I'll just say this, I typically shy away from using that term New World Order because it people just have a, such a visceral reaction. They hear New World Order, you must be crazy, right? But I'm not, these are their people's own words. I mean, they're having a panel called, are we ready for a New World Order? So I feel like it's okay to use it at this point because they've been using it for decades and uh, on. So I'm almost out of time here, guys, for Freethinker Radio this week. Like I said, this article will be posted at The Last American Vagabond uh, by uh, this weekend lastamericanvagabond.com and theconsciousresistance.com. Needless to say, the rest of these panels, they focused on the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Like I said, there's a, a panel about the role in women in achieving the Sustainable Development Goals. These, there's even a panel called Sustainable Development Goals for Every Child. They talk about the ESG, the Environmental Social Governance Criteria, which is going to form the basis for the social credit scores. Um, they talk about AI. They talk about 6G. Of course, they talk about blockchain. You have Charles Hoskinson, the co-founder of Ethereum. I don't trust Ethereum. They also have the CEO of Binance, which is another popular crypto outlet. Uh, they talk about CBDCs. They talk about something called human meta cities. Like, I mean, this information, guys, needs to get out there. I really hope that when I release this article, you will share it. You will get this out to people, or at least you will share this video I just did once we're done. Because this is what you're being distracted from.
This is what you should be focused on, at least from my view. This is at least, I think, something that is taking place this week while we're being told to talk about Chris Rock and Will Smith, etc., that doesn't warrant your attention and is vastly more important, millions of times more important than debating any of that stuff, right? So that's where I'm going to leave it, guys. Since 2012, the Conscious Resistance Network has been an independent media organization focused on empowering individuals through education, philosophy, health, and community organizing. We work to create a world where corporate and state power do not rule over the lives of free human beings. Our motto is leading by example and helping others in their pursuit of freedom. Visit theconsciousresistance.com to find our articles, documentaries, interviews, podcasts, books, and more. Remember, you are powerful, you are beautiful, and you are free.